Yo, Katie, tell them what they're about to listen to. Welcome, guys, to part two of my conversation with Femi Oyeniran. So this is episode two, part two. If you haven't heard episode two, part one, don't listen to this. Press pause or stop. Press stop. Go back to episode one. No, go back to episode two, um, part one, and, and listen to it trust me it, it'll make a lot of sense um at the end of episode two part one it's like a tongue twister at the end of episode two part one femi was just about to tell us how he and his partner independently distributed like back of trunk get the cds out sell 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 you know that kind of stuff maybe not exactly but you know something a lot something something along that line yeah how they independently distributed their movies and got to number three on itunes so yeah this is this is going to be interesting and also on this episode he'll be talking about his collaboration with the iconic idris elba ladies get ready um <laughs> yeah whatever yeah so he's going to talk about how they met uh what makes idris tick and you know the man is a star so hey i had to i had to really ask him questions about idris right so without further ado here's the rest of my conversation with femi or yeni now you now went from all these films and you decided to double down on the intent too yeah by going to jamaica shooting a bit more in london with a bigger budget and partnering with a record label from two guys who self-finance you know obviously got money from mates for the first film but you guys did that got your own distribution so yeah we didn't get distribution we distributed it ourselves i think that's one of my biggest victory in the film industry independently financed independently distributed yeah bro that's one of my biggest successes ever in life nice talk me through that bro like no, was it we, like a middle finger get, to the distributors type thing? Distribution deal. It wasn't a middle finger. It was like we'd already borrowed money from our mates, and if we didn't deliver, we owed these people money. Right? I hear you. I hear you. And so and so, you know, we decided to raise money. I remember my sister put up money. I put up money. Like loads of us, like Nikki put up time and money. Yeah. Because like, um, we raised money from one of the, we went back to the investors, like, you know, we did all sorts to put that film out and we released it independently. And a lot of people don't even think we released the intent independently. That is why, that is why we need to go deeper on that. A lot of people think we released, we did such a good job. A lot of people thought we had a distribution deal. That's amazing, man. So you could actually set up a distribution company yourself, right? With, I mean, with, we've we've looked into it and we thought about it a few times. I think we will do it eventually. Yeah. I think for us, because we're very three sixty and we're very much about the business side yeah. of things. Me and Nikki, and so for us, I think, our, like we're developing our production company still together. Yeah, and building that, and then we 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 definitely have spoken several times about you know distribution entering into distribution side. Mm, mm, mm. So we did a, I'll be honest, we did an immaculate job with the release of the intent. We did an amazing job. No, I think you guys did, man, because it was quite it was it was well it was well publicized. I mean and it was everywhere. It was yeah. everywhere. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. It was like a moment in Black British history when we got out that film. How did, you, how did you guys pull it off? Like what was the what was the summary? What was the blueprint? I mean, Nikki had a big, lots of relationship in music because Nikki yeah. was one of the pioneers of grime. And like for me, like, you know, 
being in film, I was one of I'd argue that I was one of the pioneers of the film industry in 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 like in Black British film industry, and so putting that those two powers together and mm. like looking at our relationship was incredible. And like Nikki's just got lots of great marketing ideas. We're able to lean on music. We shot four music videos. Yeah. We're able to look into some of our we we just both have really good relationships with lots of different people, mm. and mm. that worked in our favour. It's like it's all about relationships all about treating people well and all mm. of that really helped us man <laughs> nice so okay so just to make it even simpler so the distributors say no you're like okay this is our film we're gonna put it on a platform get people to uh i don't know pay for it uh rent it whatever no, we, we 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 released it in a cinema mm. on vod we did a day and day release so we released it on What's cinema uh, it's when you release everything on the same day Okay. So we okay. sit on this in the cinema on VOD and DVD on the same day. Is that something you guys kind of figured out on your own, or figured out? Distributors do it on smaller films. Yeah. And like they do it on smaller, and that was what Universal was threatening that they were gonna do with their okay. future. And then you know, I don't know if you heard, like, saw that in the news that Universal got into a war of words with. Um, I think Cineworld it might have been or, or no Odeon or something like that no because, no I didn't because Universal was um, released Cho's World Tour okay okay alright yeah and yeah they released it online and um, Odeon or one of those cinemas was expecting them to hold it back and they right. were like well, it's been so successful we might even just do all our films like this <laughs> oh wow, wow 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 so people are not going to eat then that's the problem we, yeah, and so that, but ultimately we we released it on every mm. platform on the same day. We yeah. teamed up with a um, thing called R Screen. We mm. just did all the tricks that we could to make it work, man. Nice, nice. So you did all the day and day, uh, released everything, and it got out there, and then obviously ended up on Netflix. How did that? How did that happen? We had an online distribution plat- um, partner and they okay. um, an aggregator and. And, you know, we'd already, they did the VOD release for us. So we had it on every digital platform. And and off the back of that, the success of that, that was so, we got to like number two on the iTunes chart. I remember distribution companies were contacting us saying, you guys got to number two on the iTunes. Like, I'm talking like, just to put it in That's context. Big, bro. Yeah. bro, to put it in context, we had like Zootropolis. Uh-huh. And... And we were doing better than Batman versus Superman. We were like, I'm talking like big studio movies were out, and wow. we were number two on the iTunes chart, like for like the whole week or something crazy like that. The iTunes, I, iTunes UK chart, right? iTunes movie chart, right? And then iTunes contacted us mm-hmm. to say, "How are they doing this? Like, who are they? Really? Wow." Yeah, I'm not joking. We got a phone call saying how how are we doing it because they were saying Man. like loads of people that had never used their iTunes account before were setting up accounts to download the film. So how did you guys do it, man? That's the thing. It's like the music we videos. We had a good mm-hmm. marketing plan. We we had a TV advert. Even I remember there was a channel called Channel AKA. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. One of the girls. We got a music PR company and a film PR company. Yeah. And the girl that was running the music PR company, she had relationships. She used to run Channel AKA. Yeah. So she used to like get us a slot to have an advert for t- um, every on every half hour for 12 hours a day for two weeks. 
Wow. We had like we did crazy. We had we were lucky, but at the same time, social media was just Instagram was just starting to blow up. Yeah. It's a lot. Our first film was actually on Netflix in the UK. Okay. Okay. Popping in 2014 when it went on Netflix. By 2016, now Netflix was the big thing. Sure. Sure. And so, like, all, so many things worked in our advantage, but we worked hard, man. I remember Nikki. Nikki was like, because I, I think I took a job. I, I got a job at Kudos so that we could do the release. I was working on this production called Tinstar, mm. um, on the production team of that. Yeah. I remember Nikki was like hustling day in, day out, driving up and down. Like, we just went hard, man. We we approached it like, you know, it everything depending on it. Because you couldn't yeah. fail twice. Failing twice is like much, in it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right now, the the intent two, and obviously there's intent three coming out at some point. Um, but intent two, you had a good relationship with a record label, and that made it a much bigger experience. Um, did you guys the at any point funded the film? They funded the film. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Like, it wasn't a relation. They paid for us to go make it. Wait, hold on. So, if they didn't do that, you guys wouldn't have bothered with Intent 2. You'll have done something else. Is that what you're saying? The Intent 2, but the people that gave us the money to make it was the record label. Okay. Because everyone thought they just helped us to distribute it. No, they paid for it. So, how did that conversation start? Did they approach you guys or was it mutual? No. I think Nikki, Nikki, they approached us, but Nikki had put something out there that... Mm someone from the label saw and then we just built like obviously like like we said the intent had a huge impact on the culture yeah and everyone was watching that and everyone was wondering where that impact came from yeah because remember that impact wasn't everyone assumed it was another company because we <laughs> we operated meticulously right mm. but, but that impact came from us and so you know, um, Alex, who was the A&R, one of the A&Rs at Island Records at the time, yeah. he called me in for a meeting. And this was early as well. And Nikki, mm. Nikki had a meeting with them. And then the next thing, Nikki was like, Femi, you have to come to the meeting. And then we had, um, because there's another meeting with the president. And then we went to the meeting with the president. And the rest is history, man. Wow. This is this is amazing, man. This is amazing. So for this <laughs> a lot, you did uh, Intent um and then ireland is like you know what we need to we need to get to bed with this guys and intent to happened yeah um, now we're still independent <laughs> this is the thing yeah we've never not been in the we're still independent we've never like we're maybe about to do a deal i think god willing we're about to do a deal with a major studio but okay. outside of it, we're still independent do you want to do you want to do you want to remain independent is that i think i will always make independent films as a director or producer for the rest of my life why is that because you have more control well, okay okay and potentially if you know what you're doing you can make more money so let's switch gears now let's talk about idris elba and how did the whole collaboration happen on the Turn Up Charlie? You know, what? it was like a random coincidence. It came out of It's A Lot. Someone at a production company that was co-producing the, fit, um, the series with Idris yeah. had seen It's A Lot, okay. which is my first film, and they liked it. 
and they got in touch with my agent and they wanted to um, create a series with a Hollywood, a black British Hollywood star mm. who I later found out was Idris Elba. And then I did a writer's room with him. And then the idea for Turn Up Charlie was amongst like sort of ideas that came out of that writer's room. Oh, really? Okay. And then we sort of um, disappeared. I didn't hear from the production company for a long time. And then about a year and a half later, maybe yeah. even longer. Maybe even longer because we're looking at around the time that I was doing the intent too. So it was like from the, the first time we had the initial writer's room with Idris might have been in 2014 or 15. Okay. And then in 2017, they got in touch and wow. to say, oh, Netflix want to pick it up. They want to like do another set of writer's room to mm. um, come up with a treatment and a, a pilot script. Yeah. And then we did that. Yeah. And then got commissioned and I was working on that at this and then I went into the you know sort of the other writers the next batch of writers room and then mm. I was to write episode 5 of the series and then um I was right I was working on it whilst I was shooting the intent to mm. in Jamaica so I was like literally up all night shooting the intent to and then in the evening no, in the morning. So from 5 a.m. in Jamaica is 10 a.m. in the UK. Okay. Or was at the time. Yeah. And so I was in 5 a.m. till 12 midday. Yeah. On Turn Up Charlie on Skype. Yeah. And then I was doing, um, going on set to shoot the Intent 2 after that. So I scheduled it because luckily the Intent 2 obviously was my film. Yeah. Uh, along with the team. So we were able to move, move the schedule to sort of shoot our daytime scenes later on and then shoot our um and most of it in jamaica was nighttime shoot so yeah so it kind of worked out but by the last writer's room i think i fell asleep because i really? came writers i came from a shoot that finished <laughs> at four in the morning i jump on the writer's room at five i was gone i was asleep man wow, wow. so let me get this straight the writer's room bit there was no turn up charlie at that stage the very beginning two years from 2015 2014-15 there was just like Idris wanted to do a comedy. He had a few ideas. The okay. idea that came to the room, their first writer's room, yeah. was just different people, actually. It was just all black writers, the initial writer's room. And the idea that he pitched to everyone in that room yeah. was was very simple, actually. It was, um, imagine me with a baby strapped to my chest on uh. um, on mixing on a DJ deck. Do you know, man, we, that, that been that could have been something else, man. And then the writers' room sort of yeah, developed. Yeah. We developed that basically into what was Turn Up Charlie. But that's not a bad idea, though. So him being actually being a single parent, struggling to like you know juggle that stuff. Idea. You you are you're doing your writers' room version of it. No, I'm, I'm telling you, man, that's a good. His one, idea man. was like you know he was gonna be the nanny to the stars. Uh, and whenever stars came to the UK, they yeah. would leave kids to look for to ages to look after. But okay. Okay. It just is a wannabe DJ. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. He would take their kids to his gigs and like he would just be this nanny to like, you know, the children of like David Beckham, Madonna, Jay Z oh, and Beyond. Okay. All these people that he knew. Yeah. And that was their actual concept and it just developed and developed into what it was. Okay, okay, okay. I mean mine would have been like a doc drama type, you know, survival drama, all that shit. But his own looks yeah, I get that, I get that. 
No, but so, he wanted to make comedy, bro. Not, no. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. He didn't want to go dark like me. I hear you. Bro. I hear you. All right, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, okay, after that thing, he got you in, and then you became more of a fixture in this team, right? Did he retain the same group of people? I wasn't on his team. I don't want to overplay it because I've known Idris for quite a while. So right. I met Idris initially. I did a film called Demons Never Die, hmm. and Idris was the exec producer. Uh, and okay. Before that, when we did Kid Outage years ago, hmm. I remember Melamine, he was like obsessed with The Wire. So he put right. me on The Wire. And Mel told me about The Wire. I didn't know about The Wire before Mel told me about it. And Mel was like, there's this thing called The Wire. There's this English guy in it. He's amazing. He plays a character, Stringer Bell. But I'd never Stringer. seen The Wire. Yeah, yeah. I'd never seen The Wire. So Mel is like, oh, that guy is in the UK. One of my friends is having a party. And he's going to... And that guy is going to be at the party. Let's go meet him. So like, I was like, okay, cool. So Mel pulls up at my house, picks me up and drives me up there with him. And that was the first time I ever met Idris Elba was like in 2000 and whenever Kid Old came up. Five? 2005 or six? I can't remember now. 2006, Kid Old came up. So that was the first time I ever met Idris Elba. But I didn't know who he was. I just knew, oh, right, this guy's got star quality about him. I don't think anyone would have known who he was at that point do you know what I mean and then and then um so I met him then and then we met again at the writers room we've got quite a lot of people in common it's one of those like weird it's just the scene isn't it like this the scene is the scene so like you just have people that know people that know people and so like in terms of the writers room it wasn't like I was part of his team I was just part of the writers room and that was the process that was taken to develop that project interesting <laughs> All right, bro. Now, let's go deeper into the man, Idris. I mean, what do you think makes him stand out? I mean, the man is a living I mean, icon. He's a, he's a star. He's a star, right? He's, 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 he's a brand name. Idris Elba's a brand name. Like, he's a star. He's got star. He's a DJ. He's a producer. Music producer as well as a film and TV producer. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's playing at the Royal Wedding. He, he's got what... He had one of the biggest songs... In Bosey. Yeah, man. He's, he's, just, he's just very dynamic. You know? he's, he's just so dynamic in everything that he does. So I would say, like, you know, it just is, is he's a star. He just uses his star quality about him. So that's why I would say he's, he's as big as he is. And obviously, he's got the work ethic and all of that stuff, right? Yeah, you work hard. Like, because you can't do all of these things without working hard. So what do you think you've learned from him? Have you learned anything in particular or you're like... Of course you do. Like, you know, I'm working with Idris still now, actually. I'm working... I'm developing a film with Idris's company. So my company and his company are co-producing a feature film. Nice. And, uh, and um, you know, for me, I think he's... Um, his brand is incredible, man. If I could have even half of the brand that he's got and, like, he's positioning... Like, everybody likes Idris. He's, a, he's an immediate, immediately likable person. Yeah, if I could achieve that, if I can have that level of likability, yeah, uh, amongst like literally everyone, like there's no demographic of people that's that don't like Idris. So I think he's arguably the most popular black man in the world, like along with Will Smith and Barack Obama and I don't know who else, Jay Z and all those people there. I think like it just is right up there. Obviously. So if I if I could achieve half of that, then I would have yeah. made it, man. He's an icon. <laughs> he's an icon. It is, it is. For me, a, he transcends. He transcends acting. He transcends film. And you know, when you transcend, 
people will be like, it's like David Beckham transcends football. Oh, no. Do you get yep, what I'm yep. saying? And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But you, every so often you get people like Michael Jordan, David Beckham, people like that, they transcend their 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 their, their particular um, field. field yeah. And they become cultural figures. And, mm. and Idris Elba is definitely a cultural figure. And I think another thing, he's probably chosen the right projects as well. Because if you look at Beast of No Nation, look at Mandela, you know, it's similar to what Will Smith has done. Like, Will Smith has picked certain projects that just sets him apart as well. I mean, I think Idris is a different animal to Will Smith. I feel like Idris is like, Idris is engine. Will Smith's engine mm. is being the guy that we know from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Sure. Fresh Prince is the engine. That was what made us, that, that's what makes us love Will Smith forever. Mm, mm. Right. Whereas Idris is like, you know, really, Idris took that wire thing and completely flipped it. Idris transcends the wire. That was just an introduction to Idris. Do you know what I mean? So like for me, like the, the talent and the skill, and I, I don't even think they're necessarily like good comparisons just because they're completely, they've just taken different journeys to get to where they've got to. Mm. And like Idris's one happened a lot later. Idris like, you know, sort of started blowing in his 30s. Whereas mm. like Smith was blowing as a kid, absolute pleasure to to get the opportunity to be to work so closely to like you know sort of one of the most iconic black men on earth. Like you know, it's yeah. an absolute, it's a massive like you know sort of opportunity, like to to be able to do it not only once with Turn Up Charlie, but to do it with the new new project that we're developing together. I think for me, mm. like you know. In, in my young age, even though I look old, but like in my young age, to be able to like, you know, sort of collaborate with people that, you know, have been at the top of the game for as long that I've been in the game, like that's incredible. You don't well for yourself, bro. From the guy who was studying law and decided to make a film that didn't do too well and now you're doing like, what, three, four projects, one of them with the big man Idris. Bro, man, that's a big thing. It's exciting, like, you know, there's there's loads happening, so it's an exciting time, do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's just, you just have to stay focused and stay working hard. Yeah. What do you think makes you Femi? Like, what do you think is that thing that makes you tick? I think God, family, um, competition. Competition. And not always with other people, just myself, like, sometimes. Right. <laughs> So, I want to I, I want to push myself like you know like I really like challenges I want to push myself I want to be the best at everything and even if I'm not the best yet so I'm not always immediately the best at things but I've got I've got the the patience to keep trying till I'm really good or I'm close to being the best I hear you. people that have that like, my oldest son, I'm trying to train him to have it. Now, my oldest son, if he's not success, successful at something straight away, he gets really frustrated and doesn't want to do it anymore. And and that's child, that's children, right? Yeah, but ultimately, of course. Me, I think that's what separates me from a lot of people. Like, if I'm decided that I want to do this and, mm. you know, I'll, and I'm not successful immediately, I still want to do it. I'll still yeah. stay on until I'm good at it. Okay, so the tenacity just to stick through things, pretty much. That's and the word for tenacity. There you go. Summarize. Yeah, have it for free, bro. That's awesome, Oop. man. That's awesome. Nah, yeah, man. And uh, one last question before we go into the final section. 
Um, what would you advise someone coming into the industry? Like, what would be your recommend advice recommendation? Just do it, man. Just do yeah. it. Whatever you want to do, just do it. If you want to be a writer, write scripts. If you want to be a filmmaker, make films. Or mm. go on sets to gain experience. <clears throat> if you want to be an actor, go to acting classes. Like, you know, they're cheap. There's, like, cheap weekly acting classes that you can go to. So that's what I would say. Like, just, just do it. All right, cool. Now, let's do the quick fire section. This is a few questions I'm going to throw at you. you got less than five seconds to think of an answer. You must have had some of these questions before, so I'll start with the famous ones. Are you ready, bro? Gone. All right. What is your favorite award? I say basically. Basically. Well, it's not my word. Yeah, I say basically all the time. Why do you say basically all the time, bro? I have no idea, bro. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next one, then. What is the last music you listen to? Today, um, I listen to... There's an artist. I don't know his name, but he's done a remix of like... Um, it's called Billy Jean, Billy Jean... Michael Murray, okay. Michael Murray, uh, he's done a remix of like um, Pop Smoke. I don't ah, know what. It's, I don't know that guy, man. My sister did a mix uh, on um, this station called No Signal, okay. and I was listening to it this this evening. <clears throat> so yeah, that's the last thing I listened to. Yeah, that or Rick Ross. Uh, I was just doing some weights with my friends. So yeah. yeah. Oh, nice, nice. All right. So, what was the last book you read? It's called Deep Work. I'm looking at it right now. Deep work. What's it? What's that about? It's about working deeply and rules for focused success in a distracted world. Okay. What are you terrible at? Swimming. What are you great at? Making films. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I saw that coming. Who was the last person you had coffee, drink, or meal with, and that inspired you, and why? My wife. This guy, man. It's like an easy answer, man. Honestly. No, it's not. Uh, you know, my wife is so smart. My wife's such a clever person. This is yeah. what people don't like. My wife's got a degree from like Cambridge and LS. She's got a master's from LSE. My wife's like genius. Oh, that's good. I'm yeah. not going to ask you what you guys said because um, that'll be giving away too much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, who is that one person you admire or respect that you'd like to have a coffee or brick bread with and why? I don't know, like someone like Barack Obama or someone like that. I don't know. I don't really... Do you know what it is? I don't really, like, look up to people like that. It's really, really weird. It's like my mom's brought us up, like, in this way to just be self-sufficient and just really believe in yourself and God. Mm. And like, I don't really, like... I'm not really a huge fan of anyone. But, like, you know, I think it would be cool to meet Barack Obama. I think it would be cool to meet Will Smith. I would say Jay-Z, but, like, everyone says Jay-Z. Like, who cares? Like, whatever. <laughs> like, because it's like, you know, everyone says Jay-Z because he's a billionaire. I think Kanye would be interesting to me. That would be an interesting person to me. All right. All right. So, but do you do you believe in mentorship? Is that is that your thing? Mentors? Do you I've actively seek mentors out? I've always wanted a mentor. I've never had one. Genuinely always wanted a mentor. I've never officially had one. And I've never met someone that I felt like, oh, this person's a perfect fit for me yet. I hear you. I hear you. All right. We've got four more questions. If you had a superpower, what would it be? This is hard. Um, All right. Let me give you two superpowers, I mean, man. Let me help you out, bro. Ability to like read minds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that, That'll be sick, man. That'll be sick. That's That'll a good sick. one. Because then you know, like, when people, like... Because people are, like, quite dubious, aren't they? So sure, then... sure. 
so we're going to the final three. Now, this is going to connect with something that I think uh, you'd like. If a movie were to be made about you, what mm. would the title be? <laughs> this question is a killer, right? The intent to succeed. <laughs> the, intent. <laughs> the intent to succeed. Okay, all right, all right. That's that's not that's a long ass title. That the intent to succeed. The film should be called Family Engineering, and if people can say the name of the film, and people can say my name, then yeah. I've won. That's then good. Femi Oyanirin. That's what the film should be called. Me like Muhammad Ali's films called Ali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, the thing, though. If the film could be called Femi, and people know that it's about me, then I've made it. Now that 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 is sick. That is sick because you have like you know you've got Ferrari, right? Ford versus Ferrari. And what's the Flip, other guys? You got you got Senna. You got Senna. Do you know what I mean? That's just one no, name, like, bro. The film could be, but Femi is like one of the most popular Nigerian names, Yoruba names, right? Mm. And if the film could be called Femi, and people mm. know that it's about me, then I've made it. It's kind of like Fela, you know? Exactly. There's tons of Felas out there, man, but it's one. It's just one. All right. Who would you like to play you in that film called Femi? I don't know. Oh, that's that's actually the hardest one question. Of, one of my sons. One of my sons. Oh, that'll be good, man. That'll be good. That'll be good. Genuinely, I know I'm even joking. Like, genuinely, one of my sons. Like, they're quite good actors. Really? Yeah, yeah. One this of them's, is... like, got, got an agent and everything. And he's that's good. And stuff, so. The oh, older that's good. One, and the younger one's quite good as well. So, like, definitely one of my sons. Like, my younger son actually looks like me. Ah. All right. Like, almost so... my, a spitting image. His baby pictures look like my baby. Like, we look exactly the same. He's just right. a bit more. A bit more light skin. Well, I'm sure they could do something in post. Uh, all right. <laughs> now the final one, man. And finally, take your time with this one. What would you like the world to remember you for? I mean, this changes and this evolves. But at the moment, sure. for affecting positive change in people's lives. Right. And that could be through film. Yeah. That could be other stuff that I'm going to do in the future that I don't know of yet. But I think as long as that affects positive, positive change in lots of people's lives, yeah, that's, that's mm. enough. Well, Femi, man, look, it's been it's been real, right? I appreciate the time. It's quite late and you've hung out with me and you've dropped some good gems, giving me some fresh exclusives. Why not? Why not? What a brother's book. And it's been it's been great, man. I'm I'm hoping when people listen to this, they get inspired and do great things for themselves. And by God's grace, man. Thank right. you, man. God no bless, worries, man. You too, bro. Peace. Wow, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I did, and I was inspired and motivated. The reality of this is, when people are successful and when they're on a path to even greater success, there's one thing I realized that is the underlying. Um, thread and it's pretty much just perseverance man you just you've got the talent you've got the skill they just keep going and going and going and going all right now before we go in the tradition of the old podcast um, i'm going to drop a quote this is from jim ron and it's about success he says successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do don't wish it were easier wish you were better so it's all about improving yourselves and um 
just just keep going at it man just keep going at it and if you're interested in keeping a tab on femi just to see what he's up to what he's doing you can check him out man i mean the man is all over the internet just type femi or yenuar you can follow him on instagram and on twitter and just keep in touch so the book femi recommended is titled deep work rules for focused success in a distracted world and it's written by carl newport so guys if you like this episode and or the previous one please follow me on spotify itunes and soundcloud the links are all in the show notes i hope you guys enjoyed hanging out with us in this episode so until next time i'm your host mr o and uh katie tell them what they've been listening to the o Thank <laughs> you.